There have been many who tried to appease the smartest man in radio, but none has been better than the one Stephen Earl Robinson. S. E. the DC sleuth, as he's known to some, spent nearly two years with the Kirk Minahan show, but his time with the show is coming to an end as he wants to travel in a Sprinter van across the great nation. The Kirkenoff News team caught up with many fans who both love to see Steve leave, and those who will miss the 96-year-old wit of a Russian spy. In the Kirkenoff News special, you will hear the thoughts of various Minute fans around the world who have come to love and hate S.E. First, Buddy speaks with Divisionless Dave, who did not see this coming. All right, so joining us now, the number one robber fan, one of the true goats of the Minute fan world, Visionless Dave. Visionless Dave, what's going on? How are we doing, buddy? I'm well, man. So first things first, we'll, we'll get to the real reason we have you on, and that's to talk about Steve's departure from Canada there um how'd your club team do today did you win uh we had a rain delay today um so we had a had had the day off today which is good because you know my brother's coming off an ankle injury he he rolled over the ball last week so um he's a crucial member of the five aside team uh we got a pretty good on on pitch chemistry you know just between the whole brother thing so uh should be back out there next week and you know uh refreshed and recharged I know in the DMs you said you kind of play, um, you play in the back, right, but really boss the game. Where does your brother play? Uh, he's he's kind of a midfielder that gets forward. I'm kind of a hold, more of a holding midfielder. You oh. know, I, I beautiful vision, so I see the whole field. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of one-twos between us, you know, a lot of fast breaks, a lot of count. I'm not afraid to get forward on the counter. Is it is it wrong to assume you're a great passer with that great vision? Uh, you know, in my head, it works out a lot better than it does uh, when I actually try things. But mm-hmm. in my head, I think I'm like one of the best passers the game has ever seen. If I uh, could just translate <laughs> that to my foot, um, I'd probably be playing for the Revs right now. <laughs> uh, go Revs. Um, I, and I think well, something else I might have asked you already, but you're, you don't score a great number of goals, right? But you score great goals. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big moment guy, so I don't score a ton of goals volume, but I'm often you know I'll I'll break the the deadlock, I'll score the first goal a lot, and I'll score the last goal a lot. Um, so I'm I kind of got the clutch gene going. <laughs> Which um, I mean, of course, that's what we expect from Visual State. Yeah, so for, yeah. For, I mean, so let's get to to the meat and potatoes here, like the reason we're having you on. Why? Um, well, I mean, not why. Excuse me. What were your initial reactions to to Steve coming out and saying that he's leaving KMS? Um, initially very shocked. And then as the day progressed and I started to um, process everything and look at everything that went into it, it started to make more and more sense to me. And um, after I thought about it, I was like, I kind of probably should have seen this coming. But um, in the exact moment it happened, I think I was like everybody else, just very shocked. And I know I asked Tim and Kent this, but um, were uh... Do you agree with some Mena fans' view that maybe it's more compensation-based and he's leading on? Um, I think that is the foundation of a lot of it. Um, compensation is like, you know, he says he's miserable, but there's always a price for misery, you know. And I think it's sure. primarily compensation, maybe a little chip on his shoulder. He feels like Kirk didn't take care of him. You know, he's been there two years as an at-will employee. They just launched this new podcast that's you know, very successful. So he's, he's basically doing double the work and, um, you know, there wasn't a huge pay increase. And as we heard them say on the show, 
Uh, Barstool doesn't really value value producers the way they kind of do maybe in radio. So, you know, there wasn't didn't seem like there's a lot of room there for growth if it's not coming from the ad share. And we've obviously heard how frustrated they've both been with the ad sales on the case. Is have you heard a more ridiculous line of thinking than Steve saying he's not a good fit for KMS? You know, it's out there a lot. Uh, idiots like Menners will say, you know, this is they'll they'll uh, bulletin that as the primary reason Steve's leaving. Like, oh, he knows he's not a good fit, but that's uh, just stupid. Those are just delusional Steve haters. And you know, I guess even as a Raba fan, I'm happy for Steve. So. Everyone kind of wins in this moment, um, and the hunt for the new producer should be interesting. Like, like Kirk said, if he doesn't want to be there, you don't want him there. It's just the same as in soccer. If if a star player wants to leave, you know, even if you've got him financially tied up, it's like sure. if they want to leave, if they don't want to play there, you got to let them go. Yeah, but it's for, it's for the best of the club, you know. Stuff. Yeah, you got to do it. Um, are you? So I, I think I saw you retweet this. How excited are you that Craig's going to get a chance to produce a show? Oh, I'm I'm very hyped. I. I'm a big Craig guy. I don't know. If you don't listen to the Blind Mike uh, Patreon project, there's some really good stuff on there. I, I don't listen to everything on there. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I like I like listening to him talk about comedy because it's something he's passionate about. And I listen to a few of the podcasts he listens to. Um, some of the deep dives on old radio stuff and old comedian stuff he does, I find interesting. And Craig, to me, is just a super funny guy. Uh, it'll be interesting seeing him in the in the booth with kirk i hope he doesn't i don't know if craig's a cigarette smoker but he looks like a cigarette smoker um so i hope he doesn't like come in the studio smelling like smoke and he's had trouble uh, he's had trouble in the past waking up on time so but i think this is his big shot he'll take it seriously and he's uh he has no problem being the butt of the joke he's got thick skin uh he's a funny guy definitely very different than kirk which i think is good and last question for me, um, is there any characteristic that maybe Steve didn't have that you're looking forward to, make, like, hopefully finding in a new producer? Or, or that, that, that Kirk finds in a new producer, excuse me? I don't know if characteristic, but I think, like, anytime we get a new voice on KMS, uh, you get a little bit of the shiny new toy thing. Uh, even with Steve, you know, he's such a, he has so much depth to him as a character. He's such a weirdo that for the first year of the show, it was like we were always peeling back the onion, finding new interesting things. Uh, Kirk's good at bringing that out of people so I don't know if it's a characteristic as much as it is like just a fresh uh, person to kind of chip away at and find their weird things and you know uh, just new fresh voice new fresh content okay final final question do you think Steve Robinson is on the case season three as a producer um I think there's a good chance he's on the case season two I think the only thing that would kind of stop that is if there does seem to be a little bit of tension between Kirk and Steve right now, which is understandable. It's kind of an awkward position. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Kirk probably feels a little bit betrayed and is a little bit defensive of that stereotype that, you know, no producer can last with him. So uh, we heard it boil up just a little bit this last week of shows, and I think there might be a little more tension bubble up before he goes. But after some time, I think they'll you know, have both have clear heads and I can't think of a person that would be better for the case than Steve. So I know. Yeah. I think he'd be there season two. And it seems like, like obviously he's been unbelievably helpful in like season one and he's doing all, all this, like, like the editing himself. I, um, like, you know, just to wrap this up, I honestly, like, I, I think that like, like a lot of it, like we were saying, is just how much extra work he was 
like put under and like they could have maybe got somebody to help him and like save him from drowning but maybe like now it seems just a little bit too late yeah and if you look even at it big picture kirk says he's going to retire in three years and then do something totally different that he's kind of hinted won't involve steve so you know is steve supposed to just stay at a job where he's working his ass off for three years with no growth uh knowing that there's a finish line you know he's got to kind of think big picture and you know, I might be in the minority of this, but I, I supported even Mike when he left. I think for a lot of people, uh, even Justin, I've seen him going through this. Like, I remember early in my career when someone would quit or leave, it's like feels like such a big deal. And once you've been working for a while, you realize it's just like a normal part of life. Most people change jobs or companies or even careers uh, like a couple times. So mm-hmm. um it seems like the world is ending to Justin. I hope he's doing okay. Um, <laughs> but it'll all feel like normal in, in a couple months. Yeah, it's sad, sad, but it's true. Thanks so much, VD. Yeah. He has been Big Steve's go-to film producer. Kirkinoff's Andrew Augustus speaks with Matt Carano. About the departure of the man who brought him into the producer's booth. Matt Carano, uh, thank you for joining me. And, and first, as someone who's been a film producer, and and take us back to that first moment that you heard that's uh, on the show that Steve was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm taking a leave. I was, sorry, I was really, I was really surprised, honestly. Um, yeah, sometimes like I'll communicate with Steve here and there. I mean, I try not to take up too much of his time because I know how goddamn busy he is particularly when he's producing two podcasts like one of you this giant like podcast uh that that's super intricate really hard to do and is like an an organizational mess i know how much time you know he has to take to do that so i don't i try not to bother him but i'll I'll send i'll just send him a message every once in a while to say hey this show sounds great like the case is amazing um and I wouldn't have expected him to like tell me or anything, but it just, I, I think I might've even texted a, a couple days before just saying, Hey, still case still sounds great or something. And then just to, to hear that on the air, it was shocking. Um, Cause he's just been there the entire time. Basically. I mean, with there was a three week time with the, when he was gone, call name was in and I've covered sometimes, but mostly he's just been kind of an institutional um part of the show. So, you know, Mike's been in and out and you got Jared in and out, but he's been there the vast majority of episodes. So it, it was shocking to hear. When you, when you go back and think of it as like kind of seeing the reaction, obviously there's a lot of Raba fans out there that are sad that he's leaving. And then there's also the Steve haters that are taking their victory laps and enjoying it uh, to say the least. Are you yeah. kind of surprised like that? The, the, the the jubilation of those anti Steve people is as loud as it is, or is it, or can you like kind of see, especially being in that producer position of knowing that you're going to get people who love you and there's going to be people who hate you. Yeah. So I think like I like people who are honest, and if you're only a Steve hater, if you don't see the benefits, you're not being honest. You're being a liar because you have to acknowledge all the stuff that he does well. You may dislike how he is on air. I, I don't, I think Steve is great on air and I think he's a great producer and I would consider myself a Rob fan. But uh, you you may not like his idea, like his creative ideas. Like maybe maybe you think that he doesn't play certain um, songs or, or play certain, um, you know, certain prank calls or something, or, or you're, you know, you're, you're upset about that. Or you don't like maybe that he aborts some callers. You might have things that you can 
you know, point at that you want to criticize about Steve, but to just wholesale hate him and discount the millions of things he does well, you're a liar. Like you're just you're just playing a, a you're just playing a heel role. You're not you're not really authentic. Um, you have to be both. You can criticize. You can you can pick up on some stuff if you want to, but if you don't look at the whole package, you're just serious lying. With uh, are there any moments of Steve that kind of stick out to you as your favorite moments? I mean, I, I'm I've always been a fan oh, yes. of the Tig. The the Tig story is still one of the most <laughs> yes. bizarre and random stories <laughs> to come out, and it's been one of my favorites just to hear him go, "Yeah, I killed a cat." Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Steve's led an interesting life and done weird. Th- I mean, we all have, but he's done weird things, and so it's fun to discover that stuff. Yeah, so you got the aunts and stuff, which is of course iconic, and then the Tig stuff is certainly very funny. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, Steve's got, uh, he's got like a confidence and opinions and he's lived a life. And so he has, you know, perspectives of things and experiences and, and, um, some of them are weird. And so when they come up, they're, they're super funny. And, and Kirk does a great job, um, exploiting that, I guess it would be the word or bringing the humor out of it. Um, I mean, Kirk's just a master at that. So yeah, I, Steve's interesting to me and funny and his character is funny. How His on-air persona is funny. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to miss him. I think he does a great job. He's, I think, I think he does a great job. So I'll miss him. Are you hoping that he's going to still be involved, even like in a minor role, like a call in from the road from his sprinter van? Like, are, are you, you think he's still going to play along like that? Or when, when he leaves this world, do you think that it's going to be uh He's going to just sit, drive off into the sunset type of thing. and Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love it if he stayed involved. Some, you know, one thing I really like is, so he's doing an adventure that I've never done. I mean, I've traveled cross country in like two week spans, sort of in a kind of a vacation mindset, but never for months or a year or however long he goes out. So that experience is really compelling and I'd love it. If he just started, even if he wants to stay off Twitter, I totally get if he wants to do that because when you're on the show, you get inundated. There's a lot of hate, whatever. So if he does it, that's great. But I would love it if he created an Instagram and he's just taking pictures from the road. I'd, I'd love to see that that part of the travel. And yeah, if he, you know, if uh, if he's up for it, it would be great if he checked in from time to time. Um, I remember, I mean, even so, <laughs> my first was it my first. No, my second second day I ever produced the show. It was uh, the first. The, it was the two days before Madawaska, and so uh, the, that Friday show, the, the Thursday show, Mike was in with me because. Uh, and but the Friday show, Mike wasn't in with me because he left to go up to Madawaska because he was going to do the show that night and there was going to be the snowstorm. So we checked on you know Mike a couple times from the road, or we checked on. I, I've been in and checked on Steve. I can't. He was in Maine somewhere, and we checked on him. I love those. Like, where are you now? what the hell's going on um, phone calls. And I think it's particularly cool because he'll be on an adventure. So he will be seeing new stuff or interesting stuff and, uh, you know, tales from the road. So I, I, I'd love it if he did it and ca- and like keep cat- um, cataloging it via Instagram. If he did that, I, I would certainly follow it. Do you think that the Minnow fan world kind of was putting that strain on him? I mean, it's, it's definitely something, and I think a, a lot of people don't under truly understand how much work it can be, even being on Twitter twenty four seven and interacting with the fans. Because I, I mean, like we are we are a crazy fan base, and to even have like just what they, what Steve and Kirk both did uh, have done is is a million times more than what a typical podcast host 
or a typical podcast producer would do with the fan interaction. So do you think that's a, a that was a kind of like weighing on him more and more, especially as the case got going more and more and his interest seemed to gear towards the case a little bit? So, so I think, um, I think there's a few things like when we heard Steve talk about it today, he's talking about anxiety of the KMS show. And I understand why, um, it's kind of a situation where there's zero tolerance for failure. Now I know, um, you know, he says that Kirk, if there's technical failures or whatever, Kirk's easy about that stuff, but still, um, it's a, you're basically, you're doing it as a live show and you have a lot going on and you don't, and it's a barstool pocket, it's a major podcast. So if you're doing KMS, and and I, like it takes a lot of time to do if it if something goes wrong or if you know things happen that make the sound quality wrong or, or whatever it is you can't really fix it you'd either have to do it over or you'd have to send it out there and you know bad quality and all um so there's like i said there's zero tolerance for failure so every show there's tension there there's anxiety there um i know it, i know it well um and the minute fans can get on you like if it's not up in time um, or there's a little detail or something, even if like Steve says something that's a little weird or, you know, they fact check them or something, you're just in constant crossfire, um, no matter what you do. So I think that that pressure, I don't think it was any like one situation or any reaction or any fan interaction. I just think it's, it's a situation where you have a, you have a live show, there's zero tolerance for failure and you're going to get critiqued about it all the time. And then you add on a major podcast. Then you add on an operate like an organizational nightmare. The case is an organizational nightmare to do and a huge feat to get that thing done. Um, and he's done a great job of it. So I just think it's a lot, it's a lot. It's a lot for one for one guy. He does a lot. So I I mean I totally have empathy for that situation. I've experienced it in a very small way. Um, and uh, and it's yeah, it's, it's it's a hard situation for him to be in. I guess the last question is always talking about the next producer. Is there any advice you would give to whoever comes in or anything like you want to see from them from like a minute world, the like minute fan standpoint type of thing? It's only not from a minute fan. I just think it's, it's more about, there's a lot going on. Like Steve, when he's in studio, think you got to think about like, he's doing all the technology stuff at the same time, right? He's got to, he's making sure that the, 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 the audio is recording well, all the levels are right. If you've got calls in, you've got, um, if you've got uh, like clips that you're playing, all the volumes have to be right. It's done live. So you're constantly looking at that. You're constantly looking at the video, making sure the video feed's fine, making sure Kirk's in, you know, in screen. Sometimes you have to adjust that because he moves. Um, and, you know, at the same time, he's doing kind of an impossible job of trying to keep up with Kirk. Like you're trying to have a conversation with Kirk and in the best scenario where you get 100% focus on him, you still won't keep up because he's super fast. And he has an amazing recall. He's got great memory. So in the perfect situation, you're not doing anything else. You're trying to keep up with them, which is impossible. And now you're, half of your attention is on all the technology and stuff that's going on. You're setting up the Twitter. I know it sounds like little things. You're doing research. You're doing drops. You're setting up the phones all live while you're trying to keep up with them. And then off air, there's, you're the marketing person. You're the sales guy at least half the time because Barstool sucks. You're managing interns and other helpers. You're assigning tasks and following up on them. So you're a project manager. You're dealing with website blog posts when needed. You're arranging meetings, arranging, um, you know, you built the studio. You're traveling for the case. You're, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. And then with the case, 
like I said, it's an organizational nightmare. You might have hundreds of interviews that you have to like you have to organize, categorize the right way. And I know it sounds like a small thing, but if you're not meticulous about that, you're going to be screwed later on not figuring out where where that is. You're submitting records requests. You're you're making sure the audio is good, the video is good. You're you're sourcing music for it, trying to find the most appropriate music for it, mixing, mastering. Each episode's like an album, if you can think of it that way. Like you, you might have 20 or 30 tracks that you're mixing for one episode and you got to treat every single one of those tracks the right way. You have to automate all the volumes. You have to EQ it, compress it, all that stuff. It's, it is a, these, all these things are major products and projects. That's a major project and KMS at the same time. So I just think um, I get ready to work hard. GVE's own John from Scranton sits down with Buddy to give his perspective on the sudden departure of S.E. Robinson. Um, so I wanted to get John on to talk about, like, uh, Steve leaving the producer role, uh, literally for one reason. One time, and I hate to leak at the end, John told me he didn't like Steve. Okay, uh, why don't you like Steve? <laughs> don't worry, you can leak my any DM. I, I put my license on the internet. <laughs> I'm pretty public about my shit. So, so why uh, why don't you like Steve though? I, I don't know the origin of this hate. I don't like, not even just like Steve. I pretty much fucking hate that guy, dude. Why though? Um, I don't like Steve because like I think he's like in or uh, I don't know. He's not like genuine at all. He's like I don't know. Maybe he's I don't know. It, it goes back to like yo. I I respect Steve because he works his ass off, dude. He works his fucking ass off. Yeah, but totally. like. It just proves that like you could work your ass off and be a completely unloyal cunt like Steve apparently is. <laughs> well, I I don't I honestly don't know what you're talking about. I feel like I'm gonna <laughs> so like I, I I'm just Joe, I I I don't think that much of it. But like mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like you could just hear like dude, the real case was fucking Kirk trying to figure out why Steve was leaving him on last Friday. Like yeah, it, totally. It, like that episode was one of the best episodes we've had in so long because of like the fucking betrayal I thought Steve showed by this. Like and like okay, Steve Steve kind of like fucking uh justified it by saying like okay, well the Madawaska stuff it's like okay, well you brought it up on air, you didn't tell him about it and then Kirk like you can tell Kirk's like, "Yo, and and the worst thing Steve did I think in this whole time is kind of try to make it Kirk's fault." Like he like there's people out there who are like Kirk. It's this is Kirk Kirk's fault. Kirk's fault. Okay, this isn't Kirk's fault only because Steve never addressed any of these issues with Kirk, and then all of a sudden, with a guy who has a history of fucking bad luck with producers, like just jumps and leaves. Like okay, that's great content. And low key, I kind of think like Steve isn't doing this, and this whole thing's a stick, and they're gonna go to Madawaska, and Steve's gonna do this like uh, Wolf of Wall Street thing, where he's like, "I'm not fucking leaving." <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty epic. That would but, be, dude. I, I would love Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't. I, yeah, I just, I, I just can't fathom people saying that this is Kirk's fault. I, I obviously understand. Well, there's, there's like legit people out there that are not saying this is Kirk's fault, but like saying things that Kirk has done has led to this, yeah. like the pay. Yeah, no, like I know. What you small mean. things like that. Um, but, but like, I, I think this is a hundred percent not Kirk's fault, and like he did, like even if it is, like all those things are like you're Kirk's producer and you're getting paid a bunch of money, like 
you kind of have to do whatever you're fucking told. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. And like like you said, like, aren't we supposed to do that? We're the ones that are are told that, like, we're the ones that are told, like, you got to do whatever, Kirk, blah, blah, blah. Like, imagine if one of us, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. It's fucking weird how he just, like, pops up and, like, yo, you know what it probably was? You know, he had, like, his his wife had to be fucking bitching at, you know, like, this seemed like it was a pussy thing, dude. This seemed like his wife was on his fucking tail, dude. Because, like, I've had that happen where, like, this stuff will get in the way of fucking me and Carmen. Like, she just, like, sets me straight. This seems like that's what it was. That kind of feeds into the fact that I think Steve's coming back. Yo, I don't think Steve's a cunt. I think Steve's a fucking little (laughs) prick, though. I think Steve's a little prick. I think he's, like, an arrogant prick. Like, that's okay. You could be an arrogant prick. And, like, like I said, dude, he works hard. Steve fucking works hard. And that's why there's people like VD and them that are Rava fans. Like, the Rava fans love Steve because he's a hard worker. And I love that about Steve. But Steve is a little prick who I think is worm tongue from Little Lord of the Rings that has corrupted Kirk's mind against the Minute fans. And low-key... You get to, like, I think, like, there's rumblings out in the world today of VD, or uh, what's it called? VD. What a VD became the producer. Uh, Colin A becoming the producer. Like, you yeah. want to see the Minifans fans come back in droves? Watch what happens when, like, yo, and then you have people like Jay out there saying, like, how hard is it to produce? How hard, like, buddy, how yeah. hard is it pr- to produce sound? You tell me, buddy. How hard is it? I mean, I <laughs> like, send all my sound to you to produce. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, buddy. So, like, <laughs> so like that's the point. Like, like, these people are sending in applications and shit, like, saying, like, oh, I've never done this, but I should be your producer. Like, <laughs> yo, you cannot do that. Like, Kurt, Kurt cannot have that. You got to be fully in, like, you got to know your fucking shit. So stop sending in your stupid fucking applications just because you're a good fucking minifan, you dumbass. <laughs> Like, Were you happy to see that Craig's going to get an episode to produce? Uh, if Craig gets the producer job, I'll laugh in Cully's fucking face for like <laughs> years, dude. Years. <laughs> Yo, I love that. No, I, I'm, I'm appreciating seeing, like, the true Kirk coming out of this fucking full thing because, like, um, like he, like, I think, like, I don't know. We were, not, we were never allowed to say, like, what we felt about Kirk's feelings. But I think, like, this shit hit him hard because, like, I legit think, like, Kirk did look at him as a partner. And like this is the ultimate. I think this is the ultimate betrayal. Like I swear to God, I fucking. I think this is like this was fucked up. Like, yeah, especially, especially like you said before, because it came out of nowhere and and came out of fucking nowhere. I woke up that day the happiest kid in the world. I woke up like it was fucking Christmas Day, but I feel like he could have just told Kirk, dude, and like Kirk would have done like not anything to like dude Mike being there. Yo, the funniest, yo, buddy, the funniest part of it was Mike being there and (laughs) and laughing. I know (laughs) it was so fucked up. (laughs) I fucking hate Mike too, but fuck it. (laughs) I know I said this. uh, I know I think I don't know if I said it with VD or if I said it on on Kirk and Off Friday. But Mike, Mike's fucking like uh, blind school joke is so fucking funny. <laughs> yo, yeah, yo, it was so Mike being there like that just proves that Mike needs to be there because he's always there during funny shit, dude. He's like, so great. It, it might just be happenstance that he he's there for something funny, but I don't know, man. He made that scene a, a bit. I love that episode. Do you? Uh, Friday's episode was very good, man. I tell you what, I got out of like yo. Like, I can't even listen to Kirk in the car because Steve fucking Robinson's takes piss karma off that much. Like, <laughs> he's a fucking prick, dude. And, like, I like I said, I fucking respect him. He works his ass off. But whatever, dude, some of his political takes are too much. And I swear to God, I think he was corrupting Kirk's mind against the Minifans. Like, I understand, like, Kirk has a certain hate for the Minifans. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, all the Minifans actually love that. Your fucking co-host, Augustus, want 
tells the story of jumping off a building like every episode. So like <laughs> we love that shit. But like I understand like um you know what I mean? Like it's 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 different. It's different to turn Kirk completely against us. Like where he's yeah. dude, we there's people we're blocked, dude. Like but like I'm I we are we're like there's people like us that should I understand we bust balls and blah blah blah, but like Dude, you're telling like you're getting people to block people, like you blocking people from the show account of a show that they're fucking fans of, dude. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I just what? I feel like this is a part of the program where we're supposed to point out, and like, and I really believe this that like Kirk couldn't be corrupted by Steve. You know what I mean? Like Kirk just feels like what he yeah, feels. Well, yeah, and, I understand that, but yeah. like I just said at the beginning of this, I think Kirk looked at Steve as a partner, man. Like they yeah. were partners. They were really part, partners in this. Like, Kirk was ready to go most. and build a fucking subscription service off Steve. Like, what happened to that relationship? Like, where would yeah. you be now, Steve? Like, I understand, yo, if you're having personal problems and, like, something at home, like I said, is happening, like, you got to get out. Like, and Kirk says that immediately. Like, now Kirk doesn't even want him back, which is the only thing, like, because, like, Kirk says automatically, like, if you don't want to be here, I do not want you here. And yeah, I agree no, with him. Can't work like, way. if... If like I've been in situations on shows where like you don't want to be there, dude, you'll just sit on your fucking phone, man. You know mm-hmm. what's funny is Steve's been good. Steve was great on Friday's episode. <laughs> like no, he's like I'm... loose, dude. He's like the Robin <laughs> fans. I said I tweeted out the uh, Steve stock is fucking soaring right now. Actually, like Robin <laughs> fans, like I, it's it's a buy 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 market for Steve right now. I I bought some Steve Robinson coin, dude. <laughs> Um, last last question. Do you, who do you think is going to end up in the producer job? Do you think it's going to be Cully? Well, I mean, after I mean, today, like, don't know, like but. yeah, after today's like uh, tweets by Kirk, like obviously, I know, like, I mean, Cully's in like a threads with us and said like he got the like text, but I mean, Kirk's been tweeting that shit out, so um, I hope it's Cully. Like, I don't know, Cully went insane last time, so <laughs> I'll watch that again, bro. I'll watch that shit happening. <laughs> <laughs> i like chaos buddy you know that yeah don't <laughs> I like chaos, chaos. Ca- so calling name brings chaos like yo we get the rk experience back like what if <sighs> what what if dude what <gasps> if people were i was tweeting about that today i said it was the most thirst trap tweet i ever put out there i said who doesn't like the rich kelleher experience episode like <laughs> honestly and calling name was fun. like i didn't like it corporate yeah i was like ooh, i got you on that thirst trap though you and me i thought kirk was gonna fucking retweet <laughs> he probably has me blocked though i don't know yeah i'm sure he Whatever, does dude I'll, I'll tell you this steve robinson leaving made me and i think a lot more people uh more fans and i hope he's still in the world like i like steve robinson said i hope like one day no matter what we could always call steve robinson on an episode and like he could be on there but like i personally hate the guy he kind of fucked me over a few times so fuck him uh but like i said fuck him <laughs> well how did how did he personally fuck you over but like, yo, know, like we it's not that he fucked us over. It's just like he told Minifans like we did stuff that we didn't do. And like, yo, Steve, we've done a lot of things to help you. Why would you say that we're bad people? Like, buddy, you know we're that's not fair. bad people. No, that's fair. <laughs> you know, like no, totally yo, fair. and I have direct like correlation that I mean yo, and maybe he was doing it for a shtick, but like uh it kind of started not being a shtick when you started blocking me and all my friends, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> which is and it's just like, I don't know, he's a fucking snake to us. So, like, we're going to treat him like a fucking snake. This is what happens when a snake gets its head cut off. So, like, whatever. I hope Cully comes in and fucking goes crazy too next. <laughs> I love Cully. <laughs> Play the hits, baby. Play the hits. Uh, other than that, I would like Craig, VD, Poodle Dick. Um, who oh, else? Carano, I would love because I want Carano to go through a mental breakdown. I want to see that happen. 
Um, <laughs> Justin would be terrible. Kirk, call that one out. <laughs> Kirk, call that one out, pal. I want, I want uh, Justin so like I, I want it to be. You Justin want, Ju- so I want bad. Justin there on the ones and twos, and that's it. Like not like <laughs> only can only can speak when spoken to or something like because Justin's a hard little fucking soldier. And like you got to keep him around. Like you should never get rid of Justin. But like he is not talented. Every time Justin <laughs> like, wants to speak, he has what to is Justin speak. talent? What is Justin talented at? Like, uh, like, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank being a nice guy. Yeah, he's the man. He's like yeah. best. De- oh, okay, okay, okay. Justin has built one of the best decks I've ever seen. It's a period. It's a great. Period. It's a it's a great fucking deck, and it should have held one of the greatest barbecues that could have ever happened. I'll fucking sign off on that, buddy. I think we've I think we said yeah, enough that's here. Fair. Yeah, that's <laughs> I Thanks, think bro. we said enough here. I love you, buddy. See ya. He may not be tall, but he's full of anger. Manners joins Andrew Augustus as he takes his victory lap and thinks only brighter days are ahead for the Kirkman hand show. So, Manners, first, thanks for taking the time to, uh, to talk with me today and, and just quickly kind of take us back to that first moment you, the show comes out and within the first 10 minutes, Steve's like, I'm gone. Well, Andrew, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to talk about this particular topic. So I'll go through the exhilarating moments when I found out the news. It really, it's lifted me up immensely. I mean, I'm only four foot tall, but I feel 15 feet tall at the moment after this news came out. So because of the time difference, I went to bed late Wednesday night, Sydney time, and I wake up very early Thursday, probably to take a, a leak at my age. And I looked over at Twitter and I pinged all these messages about what's happened so i knew something was going on with steve that he was leaving before i listened to the show and so i you know i knew steve was on the way out and then when i listened to the show it was just the best news i've ever heard and i cannot tell you how happy it made me and what a boost it was what's so what what do you how much of it do you think that he's just burnt out how much do you think it is it compensation does he does he hate them in a world like what what's uh what what are, what are your theories on this situation? Well, I think everything I've said the whole time about Steve, I've been proved right. He was never the right fit for this show. He's now saying it. He's come out and said he wasn't the right fit for the show. That he wants to talk about different things. It makes him anxious. All the things he said on Friday's show, especially with Kirk, makes me think that he was never the right fit for the show. And I also think he would have left a lot sooner had it not been for COVID-19. I think that's actually kept him in the show a bit longer because he was happy to you know, collect that sweet paycheck of what two grand a week for doing very little and that that that's i shouldn't say that he does work hard but um he 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 just he stuck around longer than he probably wanted to and i feel completely vindicated about this whole thing he was never the right fit for kirk and it's proven thus far and he's a snake i mean we'll get to the snake part in a second but first to kind of address that you were saying he's not the right fit for the show I mean, you, you can't argue that the show has grown since it's first started, and, and and he has provided a lot of entertaining content that I think people have proven. So I wouldn't necessarily say he's not right for the show, but at least he, he served a great purpose on the show, and I think it could have been more of a launching point. 
and he might not be a right fit for the show now where his skill set and his, his attitude, I think, could be more suited for just the case and less the KMS show. No? Well, certainly he's a, a lot more interested in doing investigative reporting and, and doing the sort of stuff they're doing on the case. He seems much happier doing that. But you say he's been good fodder for the show and uh, Kirk can make anyone interesting. That's Kirk's genius. He can make even someone as boring as Steve interesting. So I see that more as a um, more credit to Kirk than I do to Steve. And then you mentioned that Steve was a snake. What uh, you, you can't go any into it any more than just uh, what, what's been what's been out there between you two. No, I mean that's all ancient history. But I think we're even seeing the way he's decided to leave the show. The fact that I think this has been swimming around inside him for a while. He never thought to go and talk to Kirk and maybe ask for a contract or tell Kirk the way he was feeling. Instead, he sort of kept it to himself. It sounds like he's been planning this for months, if not longer. And now he just drops it on Kirk. Um, okay, I want to leave in a couple of weeks. So uh, I think he did it pretty poorly. Uh, I, I don't think he's... I don't think Kirk's blameless in this situation, but I do think Steve completely, completely railroaded Kirk. Like he didn't ever talk to Kirk about the way he was feeling about the show. Clearly this didn't, didn't come out of nowhere. This has been building up for a long time. You'd think at some point along the way, Steve would have spoken to Kirk about this, um, and, and maybe even before Kirk signed the contract, giving him a little bit of a heads up. I don't know. But for me, just typical Steve, you know, completely keeps it all to himself and then just just drops it on Kirk. I need to leave. So would you have – I mean, I think bringing it up on the show at some point is, is good fodder. And, I mean, that's kind of on brand for the show, I feel, to have those kind of behind-the-scene discussions out in the open – but would you have rather? So, which I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. It's you would have rather him have that conversation maybe like a month ago to tell Kirk, "Hey, Kirk, I'm kind of having second thoughts about staying long term. I'm thinking about leaving." Like, would you have rather have that happen sooner rather than just like the first time he talks about it, he he's already out the door. One hundred percent. I think he maybe could have gone to Kirk couple of months ago when Kirk's contract stuff was coming and just said, look, Kirk, you know, I'm not happy with the uncertainty around not having a contract. Perhaps we could work on that. Anything like that. He could have said to Kirk, look, I'm not sure I'm going to be here. If you sign another contract, I'm not sure I'll be here till the end. Uh, I understand when you're an employee, those conversations are difficult because you are always worried. You know, if you go to someone like Kirk and you say that, will Kirk say, well, just fuck off then. But from, from our understanding, their off-air relationship is always good and professional. So therefore, if you're having a professional dilemma, why not take it to Kirk and, and just be honest and say how you're feeling. Um, and, and maybe Kirk would have been able to work through it to, to find a solution that kept Steve happy. I obviously am happy it's the way happy the way it's worked out because fuck that fuckhead's going from our lives. The show is going to get immeasurably better in the last six months steve has given up trying to find things to talk about with kirk i don't know if you've noticed he just kirk says oh what do you want to talk about and steve brings up some boring political story and then kirk goes i don't want to talk about that and that's it so steve had checked out months ago 
do you think that he started to check out as soon as Grace Curley got her show and kind of had that resentment that that should have been his slot? That should have been his show. Yeah, I really think pretty early on, Steve realized this wasn't for him. He doesn't like the Minifan, he, Minifans. He doesn't like the world that was created. He's not interested in the sort of stuff Kirk's interested in, which is fucking around, having fun, doing crazy shit. I think the, the areas that Steve liked Kirk are the investigative reporting. That's where they came together before the KMS show when it was about the Boston Globe and all that stuff. I think Steve was hoping the show would be more like that. And instead it hasn't been. And, and now he's out the door. And the main show is going to get so much better now that we've got rid of the dead weight that is Steve Robinson. Are you disappointed that we're we? It looks like we're not going to get a lie detector test out of them, or unless it, unless one happens to appear in Madawaska. Um, you know what? I'm disappointed you keep bringing this up because it's boring. It's old news, Andrew. You keep bringing up this lie detector. We all know Steve's full of shit. Everything he says is a lie. You don't need a fucking lie detector to tell me that Steve Robinson's full of shit. So I don't care about the lie detector test. My lot in my inbuilt lie detector tells me Robinson's full of shit. But you can't deny, I mean, out of any point now with all this going on to hook him up to a lie detector test doesn't seem like it's a juicy moment. I mean, it seems like a prime opportunity for for a no holds bar lie detector test to go out now. Like, I I, I just feel like he's kind of in this position where he's already battling, leaving, going type of thing. It's isn't it is would it be a thing to pile on? Do you think he would do you think he was ever going to do that lie detector test, Andrew? I mean, He's going to use the excuse that COVID saved him from it because it was supposed to happen at the Wilbur. No, no, he was never going to do it. He was always going to fail. Everything he says is a lie. You know, you go back and listen to the show from a couple of weeks ago when they're talking about Madawaska and Steve just can lie so easily. He's already taught, he's already planned his exit by then. And he's just talking like he's going to be with the show for years. I mean, he's a natural born liar. It's incredible. I mean, that's, that's one way to take it. I, it's, I just feel that I, I can, I see your point. I, we've, there's been many catches that it is. I, I I'm just surprised that uh, you out of all people would still wouldn't want to hook them up as, as if you can get your last little bits, just to, just to kind of kick them one on the way out. No, Andrew, I want him out of my fucking life. I want him off this show. I want this fucking anchor to fucking move on. I don't care if he drives around America for the rest of his life. As long as I never have to hear from him, I hope he has a great life. I hope he has plenty of kids, um, those poor little Robinson kids. Can you imagine what sort of fucked up brains they're going to have? But anyway. Apart from that, I'm just happy he's gone. You know, I don't want his van to drive off the road and catch fire and they all die. Nothing like that. I want him to live a long, happy life that has nothing to do with Kirk Minahan ever again. What, uh, what do you want to see in a new oh, producer? Sorry, can I interrupt one oh, Go thing? for it. Go for it. If you don't think Steve Robinson has something lined up, then you've got rocks in your head. I'm telling you, he has a deal waiting for him somewhere. This is not some, oh, I'm going to go for a little drive. You fucking wait. In two months or maybe less, he's going to pop up somewhere. He's going to have a job. And this would have all been lined up. It's all a fucking lie. Again, another Robinson lie. You think he's going on a fucking road trip? Because he needs mental time? Bullshit. He's going to take a little break and then he'll pop up somewhere and uh, it would have 
It's all been planned. He, he, if you ask him now where you're going to be working next, he will be able to tell you. It's all signed, done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to go and produce a podcast for someone. But regardless of that, he has got it all lined up. This sounds like a good thing to ask him under, I don't know, a lie detector test then. I, I'm just going to throw it out there. It's just more, I want the lie detector. I'm not giving that up. But, but so <laughs> Look, I'm not going to say it would be a bad thing to see the lie detector test, but or but yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I just want him gone. G O N E gone. So besides the obvious uh, factor of honesty, what else do you want to see in a producer? I want to see someone that gets in with Kirk and brings his vision to life. So obviously, honesty is one thing. But also the ability to have a good time, the ability to know what Kirk wants to talk about and bring things to him that Kirk wants to talk about. Um, I think as well, someone that, and Kirk said it, R.A. Manners, right again, Kirk said on Friday's show, he hopes the producer has a better relationship with the Minna fans. Uh, someone that sees the vision of creating a world around the show and wants to create a universe. I mean, the YouTube channel died for many reasons, but one of the reasons was Steve stopped giving a fuck. I mean, I don't think he ever gave a fuck, but he really stopped giving a fuck after a little while when all the shows turned against him. But yeah, I think a producer that, that gets in bed with Kirk metaphorically and makes his vision a reality. Someone like Cullinane who wants to have a good time, but also make great shows and, and will be into all the bullshit, all the dumb stuff, all the wrap up shows and all that stuff. Awesome. A anything else you want to say about Steve's departure? Any any final partings that you want to say to him if he uh, somehow gets decides to listen to this and give it to Kirk? I just cannot begin to describe the elation that that engulfed my body when that news came through, and, and the fact that uh, you know the Wednesday and the, the Friday show just proved how right I was about Steve. Uh, the, the truth slowly coming out, I think in these last couple of weeks, the week or two that he's um, with that last week he's with Kirk. I think we'll hear a lot more of the honesty coming out that he, he was never really into the show. He only stuck around because the pay was good and COVID came. So I feel 100% vindicated. I'm thrilled that he's bringing in different producers. It's annoying Craig's been given a shot because he's awful, but I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, uh, Rob and Tim are going in there for one show. I think that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see the different producers he tries. Some will be good, some will be bad. But overall, this is saving the Kirk Minahan show. I said it had peaked. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the fact that Steve's leaving now, there's new heights that the show can reach without uh, the awful Steve Robinson. All right. Awesome, Manners. Thank you for much. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll be in touch with uh, the, during the new producer search to see uh, to see what your your judgments and critiques are going to be throughout this process. Yeah, look, Andrew, thanks for having me. It's been really difficult to explain to just normal people in Australia why I'm so happy the last few days and what's come over me. You know, have I done drugs or something? Am I on Prozac? But when I say to them, oh, Steve Robinson's quit the main show, they look at me blankly. So I've stopped explaining it. So being able to share with you and the other, you know, half a dozen kirking off listeners, uh, my elation was quite special for me. So thank you. We close this new special with a heartfelt message from one of the holiest Minifans.
Dearly unloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the life and times of Stephen Earl Robinson. Was Steve a man of God? Probably so. Was he a man of truths? Probably not. Was Steve a man at all? What is a man anyway? After all, Steve was molded in the likeness of Jesus Christ himself. He was white, male, straight, educated, and had all of his own teeth. Trust me, his kind of meandering, toxic existence is well on its way to being extinct anyways. Perhaps Steve, in his role, in his job, and in his life, knew by leaving so soon that he was simply beating inevitability to the punch. They say as a newborn, Steve was finicky. He turned up his nose to his mother's engorged breasts, claiming the milk was simply not clean, and he would not suckle a nipple like a soulless beast. His father had to extract the milk from a wild vaquita, the rarest animal in the world. Steve would drink it from a solid platinum cup. As he sipped his chilled porpoise milk, he would glare at his downtrodden mother, further adding to her feelings of inadequacy. Many have said this was the beginning of the end for Steve's parents, a divorce almost purposely devised by the young strategist. Steve had a brother who brought onto him great amounts of shame. Steve could not bear the thought of a Robinson man panhandling at the local supermarket, wearing a military ball cap he bought at the Salvation Army. This burning hemorrhoid of stolen valor was too much for Steve to take. So he left his hometown and moved to the hustling, bustling city of Boston. Or Beantown, as Steve liked to call it. Steve was finally out on his own. A Republican, ghost-riding, cat-killing Soviet robot spy who started fornicating at the age of 15. He liked his yoo-hoo's cold and his porn-captioned still photos. Steve had had a cup of coffee at a right-wing radio program, but he didn't truly earn his wings until he was baptized in the church of Podcast Jesus. A dashing young man named Kirk Seamus Minahan, who had had his own shame-filled past, working for spineless worms at a now-defunct sports radio station known as WEEI. He was about to take the podcast world by storm, with Steve as the Scotty to Kirk's Kirk. The Kirk Minahan show would soon be boldly going when no podcast had gone before. Along with Michael Geary, the Sulu of the group, the stars seemed to be aligning for these mentally contrasting explorers. However, as the show grew, so did the pressure. After admitting to limitless wild sex acts with his mother, Michael Geary left the show. Others came and went, but only Steve remained as Kirk's constant. In the end, however, a thousand dollar bonus, unruly fans, the minorities of Jamaica Plains, and the weight of his own expectations caused Steve to implode. He would succumb to buying a camper and seeking solace in the great unknowns of the open road. With his dog, Zygophilius Rex, on his lap and his unsatisfied wife in the back seat, Steve headed west. We all know that Steve's physical body did not make the journey. While his corpse lay deflated and crushed under a collapsing overpass, his mind and soul are nonetheless soaring across the plains. 
Miraculously, Steve's wife and dog survived the accident, and they immediately moved in with Steve's brother in Maine. They're expecting their first baby this September. We've also been told that Ziggy's never been happier, and Steve's brother has been named an honorary war hero. In death, Steve joins his grandpa, who will undoubtedly smack him senseless for never opening that high school child-run bed and breakfast he always dreamed of. Stephen Earl Robinson, you will be missed and remembered. And every Minifan will try like hell to find the whereabouts of your secret wake and burial and toss a copy of the Julia DeCaro book, Sidelined, Sports, Culture, and Being a Woman in America, right onto your casket. Amen. <laughs>